you know what, Jen? I don't think I've ever looked better in my life. I think I'm I'm at the peak of my physical prowess. I think you are. At the moment. And yeah. I would love to share that with people. I'd love people to be able to see me in the flesh. Just it's to... selfish to keep this. <laughs> it is. This amount of radiance needs to be shared. So I thought what I would do is invite people along to see me in real life. To be in the same room at the Museum of Comedy. At the Museum of Comedy, because comedy is what I do <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> and you belong in a museum. No, oh, no. No, no, no. It was How rude. My self-esteem had climbed and now it's back down on the floor. But no, I um, love the Museum of Comedy and I'm going to go there and I'm going to take my raw magnetism with me uh, on Wednesday the 24th of April. Can I come too? You can. Just try not to sort of detract from my glow, you know. Okay. Uh, we are going to have the magnificent Jenny Ryan, a magnificent guest, Ooh. TBA. Wednesday the 24th of April, put it in your diaries, bring your sunglasses because I am shining. Yeah, get your tickets now. The link is in our social media or from the music. Museum of Comedy website. Oh, please do come. Jen's all right as well. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What's your name? Jenny Ryan. Correct. What's my name? Lucy Porter. Correct. What are we doing? We're making a podcast all about quizzing. Correct. What's it called? Fingers on buzzers. Correct. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fingers on Buzzers. Yeah, you sound like a sort of, that was like a Gregorian chant or something. <laughs> I wonder if monks quizzed. Oh, there you go. Let's, if anyone's listening who's a monk and enjoys quizzing, <laughs> then do phone in. So today we are going back to the 90s. We're not even, to me, that doesn't feel like we're going back. To me, I'm still living in the 90s, but that is our history of quiz today. We will also be speaking to Gareth Aubrey who was on the University Challenge, possibly even in the 90s or early 2000s. Oh, yeah. Mid-2000s. Mid, mid OK, there we go. Yeah, uh, yeah. We've also got Chris Curley, who I met in the 1990s, who is uh, a producer of many, many quizzes, uh, now an executive producer at Comedy Central and uh, responsible for the resurrection of Blockbusters. The beloved Blockbusters. Uh, we also have a listener quiz from David True. And just a lot of fun, guys. It's going to be a lot of fun today's episode. I can feel it in my waters. So, stepping back in time, we've reached the 1990s in our history of quiz. A golden time. Well, sort of, yes, actually. And, I mean, this is an era where... So, up until now, it's been me reminiscing about watching quizzes. 
Whereas in the 90s is when I start being behind the scenes. (gasps) You made them quizzes. Well, it was more game shows, really. So the 1990s had an absolute slew of sort of lads and ladettes doing game shows. And some of them were a bit quizzy. So don't forget your toothbrush, of course. Yes. That was the ultimate kind of 90s. It's all about booze and having a laugh. It was live, you know, it was, it yes. was anarchic. Anything, can Anything happen. could happen. And but someone was being dragged to the airport at the end of the that show. Is right. And on one occasion, everybody went to hey. Disneyland. So it was all quite exciting. Um, I mean, there were a lot of. I, I was looking back at the era, and Chris Tarrant at that stage, he was sort of bequ- between quizzes for a bit of the 90s, and he presented a game show which I think we all remember fondly called Man Oh Man. Oh, Man Oh Man, oh my goodness. 96 to 99, that ran for three years. Oh. Who would have thought it lasted more than three episodes? (laughs) Why did they not pull that? It was very strange. But I was working on a Granada TV kind of answer to that called God's Gift. Yes. With uh, Davina and Claudia. That, That started a lot of careers, actually, didn't it? Did it? What, Davina? What, Davina? Yeah. Where would would we be without Davina? And she was amazing, lovely. Such a such a pleasure to work with and a wonderful wonderful human being. But there there was quizzing going on. Tarrant actually also in the nineties uh, he hosted Lose a Million. Do you remember Lose a Million? I he started off with a million, million quid. Yeah, had to get rid of it as quick as you can in in order to win like five grand, which always felt a bit like yeah. oh you've lost a million. It's like he... the opposite of Brewster's millions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They got the they it. got the idea from the movie and then they couldn't afford. Yeah, you can't yeah, actually no, have the money idea. at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there was a, I mean, also the other thing that was big on TV in the 90s was your physical challenges. So uh, gladiators. Yeah. Oh. I mean, in a way, it was less the era of the mind than of the body. Yes, the body <laughs> beautiful. Gladiators. There's a lot of lycra. Maze. There was a lot of lycra in gladiators. If, could, yeah, God. if, if that studio had gone up. Oof. Oh, the the smoke would have been acrid, Oof. wouldn't it? All that light crud. <laughs> I did. I did like see a live recording. Actually, did you go to it gladiators? was international gladiators, um, and it featured gladiators legend Eunice Huthart was representing the UK. Oh, oh my god, that that woman was hard as nails. What was her gladiator name? No, no, she was a contestant. Oh, she was okay. a, she was a legendary contestant oh. from Liverpool. Oh, Eunice. Eunice Where Huthart. Where is she now? What? Well, hopefully she's made a lot of money out of her career as a as a athletic lady. Yeah, hopefully she's still crushing them. <laughs> there was Crystal Maze, Fort Boyard. Yeah. I mean, so much excitement. Multidisciplinary. Yes, that yeah. was it. That was it. You weren't, you know, just thinking. Thinking wasn't good enough in those days. We had Krypton Factor going on. Krypton Factor was going on. There was um, There were some legendary quizzes. One that I would like to see brought back which ran from 1994, was Wipeout. <gasps> I loved Wipeout. I know, I, I know. Loved, I, I, I've got a really strong place in my heart for yeah, Wipeout. Yeah, well, that is a format. That I liked I think... the, the the end game was a little bit physical as well. Yeah, you had to run. You had to go and, and push the buttons and then push, run back push, and push, push the push. other button. And then, yeah, yeah that was that was brilliant. Yeah, because you could have done very well until the end. And if you were <laughs> fast enough. No, then you wouldn't get there. No. Barrymore? Was the hosts of the era Barrymore? It was his strike it lucky, yep. to strike it rich. So eighty six strike it lucky had started, but I mean the nineties he dominated. Oh, he was he was he was Mister TV, wasn't he? He was. We also had, of course, the nineties was the era when the prize limits were lifted. Yep. So raise the roof. It wasn't just winning a, a you know, twin set. 
washing machine. Twin no. set. Yeah, twin not. tub. Twin tub washing twin machine. Tub. Oh, twin sets you wear. You know, twin twin tubs. You put your twin sets into your twin tub. <laughs> that's how that one works. But yeah, a washing works. machine just for your twin set. No, that's luxury. <laughs> that's it. If you're posh enough to wear twin sets, you've probably got one. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was an extraordinary era for quizzing. Um, but what I thought I was going to do, a little bit unusual here, is I'm going to give you a, a mini quiz about the 1990s. Because oh, we've got a lot to fit I was into there the show today. For all of the 1990s. This, I thought you start to be actually it's my sort complete of decade that sentient I remember it. Yeah. at this, uh, this point. So, I will give you a few little, uh, just, uh, just a mini quiz okay. about the 90s. Why the hell not, eh? So, <clears throat> Jenny Ryan, in the 90s, at the very beginning of the 90s, on the 1st of January 1990. Yep. What was at number one in the UK singles chart? Oh, so we're talking whatever the Christmas number one mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. for 1989, which I really should know. Mm-hmm. Um, oh God, can you can you do me an interpretive mime? Um, 89, 89, 89. Well, was it a novelty, kind of. Oh. Um, it's okay. I think that this song was at number one for Christmas three times in total maybe oh, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody no no, no. oh Live Aid then yes oh, Band Aid Band Aid do they know it's Christmas do they know it's Christmas this was Band Aid yeah. which number was this one this is two this was two it's only, it's only five years after so That's it felt right. a little bit you know yeah. leave it a bit longer to stew but they didn't yeah because I still knew a lot of the people who were on Band Aid 2 whereas Band Aid 3 by, the, by that oh point God. I didn't know yeah it was, it was a, bit, a bit of a strange one it was so uh, that was uh, the first number one in the 90s okay a blue Peter capsule buried in 1998 contained which toy a Tamagotchi for sure yes straight sure. in what else would it be you're not going to put a Cabbage Patch Kid or a oh it's uh, far too late for a Cabbage Patch Loom bands, I don't know what else was around that um, time, but it was it was all about Tamagotchi. It was all I remember about the, the um at school we had to go to mass and there was a there was a Tamagotchi crash <laughs> at, the, at the front door and you put your you put your Tamagotchi oh. in a little basket and, God and apparently apparently someone was there feeding them but I don't know oh. who it was. Well, it does make it seem a bit cruel that they put a Tamagotchi in the Blue Peter time capsule because it's like well that is certain oh. death. It's like you may as well have put. Petra, or yeah, uh, yeah. you know, one of the tortoises in Carrie and Oki, the cats. Yeah, oh, so that. <laughs> cruel, the cruelty of Blue Peter. Okay, I'm going to give Brutal. you one more question about the 1990s, and what else would it be be about? But the Spice Girls, Yay! they dominated the 90s. The Spice Girls' debut album, Spice, was the best-selling album of 1997. True. But who is the only member to have been part of the group's original lineup? Was it Emma Bunton, Jerry Halliwell, or Melanie Brown? The original The lineup. original lineup. Um Good Lord. Yeah. I'm gonna go Bunton. It wasn't Bunton. What were they called before the original name was They were called. It was a one word It was, yeah. Like peace yeah. or joy or something a bit like that. Sexier. A little bit sexier than that. Um <laughs> Cucumber. It's Oh, I'm doing it to touch. myself. Yeah, touch. So I was touching myself. Touch. touch. Uh, the the other members were Melanie Lacohi, Leanne Morgan, Michelle Stevenson, and Suzanne Tinker. Why don't they just go for a, a Melanie band? Yeah, they could have just accrued Mel's. The Melanies. Yeah, Melody. Ah. Melody. Oh, there you go. You're too good for this. You should. There we go. That's that's our female. I should band. be in a band name. 
development. You should, <laughs> I don't know how much money there is in that, but well, <laughs> um, that is, well, that was the nineties. That was the, oh, the nineties. Weren't we'll, they lovely? They were lovely, and we'll be back next week to talk about the two thousands, which is basically now. On the line with us now, we are very pleased to have Gareth Aubrey. Hello, Gareth. Afternoon. Uh, so, Gareth, you were on University Challenge, not that far away in time from our own Jenny Ryan, I believe. Uh, when were gra- you on the Granada days? Mm. Indeed. So, I was 2000, well, 2005 recorded, 2006 appeared, but that was, yes, we were still at old Granada. Uh, slightly after me i remember it well the old key street studios mm. so who were you representing tell us about the whole experience so i was university of manchester and this was so i was on the let's pick myself up right from the start uh, i was <laughs> on the first manchester team that uh, got over the hump and actually won the whole thing oh um so i was a year after there was a team i think We'd had uh, Stephen Pearson's team had reached semi-finals, and then there was a UMIS team that reached the semi-finals. Mm-hmm. And then the year before us, there was a team which included um, Nick Mills, who is now one of the top-ranked quizzes in the country. Um, yeah. And they lost their semi-final on the last question. So, so we sort of went in thinking, this just isn't going to happen. We've had Doomed. three semi-finals. We've had a couple of really close semi-finals. Yeah. Obviously, Stevens was down to the last question as well this isn't going to happen. So did that take the pressure off or did you feel like you had something to prove? You know, what was the feeling on the way in? I think we definitely felt that we were, I mean, this this is, at this point there weren't, you know, there wasn't such a big student quiz scene. There weren't so many universities really sort of preparing for it in the same way that you know, now there's the British Student Quiz Championships this year. There were, what, 15, 20 different universities who are preparing for it, who are, who are practising at that point. Mm-hmm. You were one of the few who were doing that. So, I think we definitely felt look we're one of the better prepared teams we should be doing well um and you had the home advantage as well i suppose that you know not having to travel far and knowing the city and knowing that people in the audience presumably are a little bit more favorably disposed towards a manchester team yeah and as was a, there were definitely i mean there were definitely it was definitely easy for us to have people we knew come along and do it um and, and, be, and be in the audience so that that, that sort of helped and, but I mean, still nerve wracking, though. I'm not taking anything away from you. It's, you know, it's never an easy experience. So what do you remember of the gameplay from your your winning streak? What were the highlights and the, the lowlights? We ended up being the first the first match on. So in the first round, they don't they, they record the first round matches in, a, in whatever order they record them. Um, and then if they get a really good match, they will change it and make it the first mm. one. Ah, yes. So, our, so our, our first match was, let me get this right, St. Hughes College, Oxford. Mm-hmm. And we were pretty close. It was 241.90 in the end. Mm. Um, so at the end of the match, they said, oh, right, well, hang on, we'll re-record the whole of the start because we're going to change it and we're going to make you the first first episode of the series. Wow. Oh, that's Using an accolade. going on first. Um my main memory from that is, is my, my poor colleague. So, so my poor colleague Adrian Anslow, who was who was sort of on the far on the far left of the team as it sits. So the he was the rightmost player as you're as you're watching it. Yes. Um, at the at the end of the game, he thought we'd lost. 
Oh no! Because the way that the, the way the way the desks were, he couldn't see all three numbers of the score. Oh, no. <laughs> yes, yes. So he, so he could see fourteen, nineteen. He thought we'd lost. Oh, oh no! no. <laughs> He's like, no, no, no. It's all right. It's all right. Worry not. Oh no! Oh well, good. Well, that gave him a nice surprise. Yeah. So, uh, so then, buoyed by that, you uh, went through to the next round. And who who did you face next? So next up, it was St Hilda's. St Hilda's didn't like us very much. Mm. Um, we we beat, we beat them we beat them quite conclusively and and after the game I remember them uh, complaining that we were that we were a bunch of mature students <laughs> <laughs> and, and at this point I was I I, I was doing a uh, postgraduate masters I was twenty two yeah oh ain't hardly over yeah. the hill really yeah. no. we had a twenty one year old final final year undergraduate a twenty three year old I think final year undergraduate and admittedly our captain was. Uh, 86 we weren't completely ancient but they, they were terribly oh no no it's, you know, it's, it's terrible and awful oh, no. uh, oh that's so a shame because that slightly sours the whole yeah, thing doesn't it? On it isn't it bad yeah. St Hilda's but you didn't let it get to you no because obviously no. You, you recovered from that and uh, no. where did you go next so then you have so then, at, at that point this was this was before the whole the whole um the 2009 the 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 post gale trimble scandal about um, players yes. being qualified and players not being qualified mm-hmm. so so at that point the way they recorded it was you did the first round all of the first round was in june so you had one match all of the second round in july one match mm-hmm. and then the quarterfinal semi-finals and final were on one weekend in october so you had a big wait break to, yeah to, to, to come back Come back for it. So came back for the the quarter the quarter final. And we one one thing I always, I always feel slightly guilty about is that we we just got really we were very lucky in our draws because we were the the biggest single university in the country on our one campus, mm-hmm. and we played two Oxford colleges, two specialist schools of the University of London, and a Cambridge college. Oh, none, okay. none of whom had more than fifteen hundred students. So we did slightly feel like we were. Know, coming in big, you know, big boys. Yeah, flat track bully. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Brazil playing Accrington Stanley, that kind of uh, <laughs> level. There's a, there's a definite imbalance going on. Yeah. So, yeah, so quarterfinals were very nice, and I, th- I think it was at this point we we had we did have the strange thing of so we were recording in one studio, and in the next door studio you had Jeremy Kyle. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I remember those days. Yes. So we've got, so we've got the whole. Um, Got the whole the the dressing room area, and it was completely unsegregated. So you'd have a university challenge dressing room next to a Jeremy Carr dressing room. <laughs> some family would come in having had some trauma on exactly broadcast to the nation, and they're storming in at slamming doors. And God, there could have been a hilarious mix-up <laughs> if it were a sitcom. Yeah. Someone would have ended up on the wrong set. It yeah. would have been hilarious, but uh, uh, but yeah. you managed to uh, not get dragged onto the Jeremy Kyle set. To, well, you and St Hilda's actually could have fought it out with yeah. Jeremy Kyle refereeing. That would have been a a possible solution to that. Uh, would have, they would have made you take lie detector tests if you were uh, <laughs> if you telling were the truth about sure. your ages. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but well, and you're being modest though. So you you know you. Yes, you were a bigger establishment, but you you did you beat all of these smaller colleges, and that you know you still had to answer the questions, exactly. didn't you? You still had to do it. And so, who did you meet in the final? What was the the final battle? Talk us through that. So, so the final was twenty four Cambridge, mm-hmm. and I know, and again, this was at a stage where 
Oxford at that point were very, very much better and more organised than Cambridge. Cambridge had really improved in the last, in this decade. But mm-hmm. at, at that point, they'd, they'd won, they won the first series after they came back, after the series came back with Jerry Paxman. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure they'd, they'd won it again since. Mm-hmm. So, so I think they had a lot of sort of Cambridge actually needs to win one mm-hmm. pressure. Um, yes. We had our particular thing, mm-hmm. and because of the way, because of the way the recordings were working, we've already played the game. We played the game in the morning, uh, and yes. then we have our sort of, um, I'll, I'll sit down. You know, we, we have our lunch and whatever. And that's mm-hmm. that's the point that you find out who's going to be um, presenting presenting the trophy after after the final. Um, I must admit, having had because the previous year they'd had John Sessions, who you know, you know, great, fantastic, and we got Peter Ackroyd, who was a little. I mean, he's a lovely gentleman, and you know, I'm trying dryer. to the author, but a little, it's not quite the sort of, yeah. Not a showbiz, no, but... Uh, yeah, not me. <laughs> so, uh, can you remember any of the crucial questions in the final? Is there anything you can share with uh, us? The, the very last one, and strangely, I was, I, I was literally asked the very same question again yesterday on an online quiz. <gasps> what? Um, li- so, the, the, la- the last starter that I got, which was... Hmm. Technically, the margin of victory in the end. Yeah. Possibly, no, possibly not. The boat misses after. But so the, la- the last question I got was the name of the transitional region between the Sahara to the north and the savannah, and that was where I buzzed in. Okay. Um, you, um, Lucy looks like she knows it. No, no. <laughs> I'm just staring into space because I've got no idea. No, you're going to have to tell me what what was uh, the answer. Uh, that's the Sahel. The Sahel? Do you know what I did? Oh, ah. I had it there. Well, do you know what? I'm glad that I wasn't on that team. I did go to the University of Manchester and... Well, I, you know, but didn't have the benefit of uh, being coached by a uh, friend of the show, Stephen Pearson. Yes. Who appeared on, on series one of, of this po- very podcast. That's right. So we've got links going through. I know. Well, the, well, it's always a thrill to hear about a University Challenge victory, and particularly for me from the University of Manchester. <laughs> so um, thank you so much, Gareth, for joining us on the uh, Fingers on Buzzers podcast. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Champion of University Challenge, the one and only Mr. Gareth Aubrey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. 
Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Okay, so now it's time for the listener quiz. I can't compete with that. quiz. don't know what I was doing beautiful. I sort of was trying to go for a sort of... Sandman, it sounded like. I was imagining myself up a mountain doing a sort of beginning I was thinking of a Julie Andrews. Yeah, yeah, I was getting a Julie Andrews. Anyway, it's the listener quiz, and today it's been set by David True. David, what you got for they us, Sam? David True, who owns the comedy club Jesters in Bristol. Might be him, might not. We just don't know. Are there more David Trues out there? Let's see. Let's see. Maybe we can have like a group, like <laughs> like the Mel's group on the David True. <laughs> the Trues. Oh, we yeah. just have a true off. Lovely true, true. 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 Anyway, true. yeah. So what does David True want to quiz us on? Oh, all sorts of things. I'd say it's works of fiction, oh, but okay. there's one question in there and it's got nothing to do all with right. that. So right. mixed bag. Again, there's, you know, a little bit of pronunciation challenges we for want, yours truly. We wouldn't quiz have for Amanda as well as for us. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. So as always, going to do my best. Uh, question number all one. All you can do. That's all I can do. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I feel so supported. You are. Right, question number one. What video game series does Geralt of Rivia come from? Or is it Geralt of Rivia? Buzz. I'm going to say Zelda. No. Oh. Um, Elder Scrolls? No. Oh, shout, Skyrim? Same thing, darling. Is it? Yeah, yeah. I'm, just, I'm just naming something. Um, Geralt of what what? Final Fantasy. Uh, uh, Geralt of Rivia. Uh, it feels sort of like wizardy, it's, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's wizardy. Yeah, you're it? on the right um, lines. World of Warcraft. No. Um, um, Stronghold. Um, Fortress. Stone. Arthurian myths. I don't know, no. Go so on. Uh, it's The Witcher. So you were oh, really on the right yeah. lines. Okay, yeah. we, were, we were. I mean, I might have got yeah, there eventually. I've, I've, but I've never played The Witcher. Hear, so. What is Honda's company slogan? Ooh. Oh. Oh, um. Um, oh. Uh, don't do it, dream it. Do dream it. Yeah. Ooh, you're really close. It's I know. something like it's like dream the impossible. Or... Really close. Really close. You've got dreams. Dreams is in there. Oh, dreams. Well, electric picture. dreams. Together in electric dreams. <laughs> <laughs> dream electric. Dream, dream big. Dream power. big. Dream Honda. Dream. dream. You're doing something. Dream like a car. Drive your dreams. <gasps> oh, that's good. That would be good. It's the power of dreams, so you're oh, really close. No, well, really not, close. Not close. Well, dream. You got the dream. What was Roald Dahl's first book? Ooh. Ever. Ever. Um, it oh. was... Can I just start naming this. Roald Dahl? No, no, no. no. I, I should know this, because I was... At one point, I was planning to do Mastermind with Roald Dahl as oh. my specialist subject. Um, his first book would be... No. Um... Tales of the Unexpected? No, it's not right. No. Um, Is it a children's book? I don't know. It was published in, uh, first published in 1943, if that helps. Mm. Um, His first story was The Gremlins. That's the one. That's a story, Ah. it's not a book. Ah, It says here, what was Roald Dahl's first book? And it's um, the base of the Twilight Zone episode, you know, where the uh, little beastie is on the wing of the plane. Oh. And only William Shatner can see it. Oh, And yes. it's spoofed in The Simpsons. Oh, my God. Um, so that's the base of it. Because uh, he used to be a pilot in the RAF yes, during yes. the Second World War. And that's what they would always call, you know, like, gremlins are in the engine if yes. something bad was going down. So oh we based it on gosh. that experience. Oh, lovely. Oh, I've enjoyed that one. There you that's, go. I think this one might be worded incorrectly. So it okay. says here, what was the name of Harry Potter's wand? But I think that 
it possibly means what was the one well, made he, of. He, he ends up with the elder one. He does end up with the elder one. First but of that's all, the one though, with the he's name. got the same. Is it Holly with a unicorn? It's Holly con? and unicorn tail. No, Holly and something Phoenix. else. Yes. Oh yeah, that's oh, it. Because yeah. it's the same phoenix and it's as nine, Voldemort. Voldemort. Yeah. nine and three quarters or something. Because that's the three things you get: the the wood that it's oh. made of, the item at its core, and how long it is, and oh. also how springy it is. Oh, firm. Ah. This is slightly uh, springy. Tell you what, a whole um, Harry Potter questions. Uh, we could do. We could do. We could do a Potter Potter off. Somebody okay. please send it in. Yeah. Yeah. Finally, this is a great question. I really like this. Who was the voice actor for E.T.? Oh, um, that is a good question. Well, it's going to be someone we've heard of. Steven Spielberg. Oh. Not not Did was it written himself. Here. No. no. I thought it might be one of those. Yes. Jim Henson style. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, well, that's it. Or it's like a mate who's doing a favour. I mean, I've not heard the name of this person. Oh, okay. Albert Brooks. No. Trying to think of people who do good voices. Christopher Walken. (laughs) (laughs) That would be a really good ET. Yeah. Robert De Niro, actually, would be a very good ET. No, tell us. (laughs) Somebody called Pat Welsh. Pat Welsh. Okay. I think that, that maybe that was just his mate. I, don't know. I think that's that a mate of my mum's. That would have been a good one the other way around, actually. Yeah. Yes. I think you say Pat Welsh provided the voice of which iconic movie character. This is, but this is this is this uh, is you can put as many clues and you can easy things up that way mm. around. That way around. That's yeah, very yeah, specific yeah. knowledge mm. that that's needed. But that's kind of the the craft as we've discussed before of question writing, yeah. pitching it just right, and and being able to whittle it down into a a usable question yes. how is it going to work and how are the most people going to get it right or appreciate the answer well do you know I think with uh, David True thank you very much for sending Lovely. in your, your quiz we've enjoyed it but we've also given you a little bit of uh, sort of <laughs> constructive, constructive criticism, criticism. <laughs> I think please send us another and yes. uh, we shall you know we shall see how you've grown thank you very much thank Yay. you David True thank for that you. listen up quiz On the line with us now, we have the one and only producer extraordinaire. It's Mr. Chris Curley. Hello, Chris. Hello, everybody. Hello. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us. I should confess that you and I go way back. We go back to the days of, if anyone remembers, the Sunday show and Bez's Super Sciences mm-hmm. and me logging Bez from the Happy Mondays trying to make a papier-mâché volcano. <laughs> In your kitchen. In, it, were not, it didn't even belong to me. It was the kitchen of our landlord. So me and my flatmate, Ben, unilaterally decided that it was okay for Bez to come and film <laughs> in the house while our landlord was away. And he got back and he was a cameraman. He was absolutely furious that we'd allowed this to happen. Um, yeah, it was, yeah, it was the kind of shoot whereby, you know, some people can't do sentence by sentence. Mm-hmm. Bez could really only do word by word. <laughs> Lesson. Yes, but it was those were fun days, and you, of course, you had a hand in Banzai, didn't you? I did do the. I was involved in many. um, I think I was there on the night Banzai was created. This is Mm. my version of the story. (laughs) We were in a pub in Manchester not long after the Sunday show, and me, uh, Andy Scott, and Gary Monaghan started having a bet on the next person who comes through the door, what star sign they would be pretty much mm-hmm. and then um, I lost Gary won and if Gary wins he thinks of ideas and then I think <laughs> uh, he, he from his mad head came Banzai 
and um, I worked with Gary a lot over oh. the years, and we did some stuff, and he did wild things. And now I'm at Comedy Central. He's actually making a show with me, which I can't tell you about yet. Um, but he is making a new show with me, which and he loves taking notes from his old runner. <laughs> 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 yes, the so teacher has become the taught, and uh, yeah, we, we should be proud. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, it, it's going to be very—it's very Gary. It's very distinctive, oh. and uh, we we think it's going to be very funny next year. Oh well, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited because yeah, Gary Monaghan, one of the nicest people. You well, you and Gary Monaghan. I mean, you know. Oh bless you. There's a lot of twats in te- sort of in television <laughs> in the 90s people were either really really nice or absolute assholes and uh, you and gary are on the side of the angels i would, I would still like even though i flipped the other side to the to being a channel person now mm. i i um i kind of hope that i've still got that dna which is still good i remember when i first started the job last year um people said to me what's it feel like being on the other side of the desk i went you know that bit when peter parker got like he realised something. He'd got something wasn't quite right, and things were changing. But he didn't know what it is yet. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit like that. Really? Yes. Waking up and with very, very sticky go, bed sheets. Oh yeah, dear. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then you find you hear yourself talking like a commissioner in meetings, oh. and then you just go home and, and oh. self harm basically. Oh no! Uh, oh. I've got bruises everywhere. Just going. Don't say that. Why did I say that? <laughs> like a right tosser. Yeah, commissioner speak. It's uh, but so now we wanted to talk to you about everything. But yeah. um, one thing that we were particularly interested in was that you were involved in the Blockbusters reboot. I, I was indeed. I am indeed. I still am. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, we did. So I kind of. I tell you how it started. I mean, we were. Mm-hmm. You know looking at we were thinking about a quiz show and then we were talking about how could we make a quiz show funny and how can we uh, should we look for a new one or should we look for an old one so i was i had i was on the train back to york with my mum and dad this is how the story goes and i got a whole list of shows that might be available from the past and Mm -hmm. blockbusters weirdly wasn't on it Mm -hmm. and i said i sent an email off going what about blockbusters and by tuesday we were developing it pretty much which kind of worried me about that's how quick things can actually happen at a channel now <laughs> yeah um because we thought and then we spoke to thames who um hold the rights to the original about how we could give it a comedic treatment what we didn't want to do with blockbusters because of the love of it is completely change it yes we just wanted to f- we'd be quite loyal to the format to so keep the boards keep the two heads against one very important to us to keep the 17 year olds which i can talk about in a bit mm. more detail yes um but how can we just make it feel like a comedy show and are there moments in the show that don't ruin the game but can be owned by a comedian then who would that be Ooh. um and i think you know one of the key things for us was going back to 17 year olds who are the half child half adult that they are <laughs> it's an awkward time oh, for all of us it's a dreadful it? time it, yeah because yeah, we don't really see them on the telly yeah um, they're, they're, you only do if they're three years later trying to get off with each other in in, in Mallorca yes which, you know, or on University kind of Challenge I mean you've got or two types of teenagers <laughs> yeah exactly where's the middle people yeah and all, where's, where are those people and seeing that and something that what we want to do is that Dara to make it a comedy show can mercilessly tease them and i think he does a tremendous job by getting that balance just right 
you know, as he says himself on the show, he is Papa Millennial, and therefore <laughs> it's okay for him to do so. Yes, because, I mean, when you were choosing a host, I mean, like you say, you've got a, the format, people have great attachment, you need to not stray too far from that. But, I mean, also replacing Bob Wholeness or the, the sort of wholenessy yeah. essence it must have been difficult to think the wholenessness the wholenessness indeed thank you Jenny well, that's having it. worked with Bob on another show as the runner called Raise the Roof where yes. the man uh, my main memory of that we gave away a house every week yes because it was when the prize limits were lifted we've discussed this yeah. uh, how yeah. exciting it was yeah yeah right. And um, never, you know, every day he would come in with a new shade of pastel clothing, which is an <laughs> extraordinary memory to have. Yes. But, you know, Bob was, what Bob gave it was a gravitas and a knowledge. Mm -hmm. So I always think quizzes work better when the, you feel like the host knows all of the answers. Ah, yes. Uh, and I think, you know, Dara's got that background, obviously, naturally, mm. and therefore that helps him. Because yeah. he, he, he can play the quiz straight and seriously, which means then he can knock it. And, and I very much encouraged him to make fun of it as mm. much as you can, really. It's okay to make fun of the spot prizes, such like, yeah. and what it is. You, that's, you know, that, you know, Les Dawson hosting Blankety Blank is one of the greatest comedic performances of yes. all time. And if, if the robot, because that format is really robust, mm. as is Blockbusters. Yeah. And then I think as a performer, you can have loads of fun with, the architecture of it well i mean yeah, the so whole good. inherent unfairness of two against one which you've preserved which yes. we've discussed how <laughs> great that is that what what seems like a flaw is actually a great strength of the format well, isn't a, it? Lot, a lot a lot of the time of development was what our nostalgic memory of the format what it was and whether we could actually knew the answers to the questions so why was it two against one why is it two against one was a conversation we kept asking ourselves yeah. uh, about what what it was about. And, of course, the board works in such a way that you've got less answers. And, you know, it is the old adage, are two heads better against one? Are you better sharing or taking responsibility yourself? Yeah. So we absolutely kind of had to keep that. And you have to keep the grammar of the gold run. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we can – that was always a big thing. And I think, you know, we all remember it as a rolling show. So you'd come back and get to know the characters. Yes. the nature of – you know, being on a channel such as Comedy Central is that one of the key things was, well, will this still work as a self-contained show? Mm. Can we still do it, especially in 22 minutes? Yeah. Which is a long time, but isn't a long time at the same time. At the same And therefore making them self-contained felt like, well, how can we create the story and then bring out the comedy and the characters within the, within the, within the kids, really, that Dara can have fun with? And I yeah. think, you know. Well, I suppose with Dara doing that fun. more explicitly than Bob did in that it's, you know... But that's where putting a comedian in is kind of playing to his strengths, isn't it? Is to sort of he can be a bit more knowing. Absolutely, absolutely, and he can you know really hammer them when they say something, mm -hmm. you yes. know, in in a way that is punching up, not down. Mm -hmm. And I think Dara has um, the perfect tone to do that, and I think that's pretty rare. Well, I think in in a university Alan. challenge, we love it when Jeremy gets yeah. annoyed with you know it, it's just it's that it, it's an avuncular kind of frustration with the youth <laughs> rather than being a know it all saying I can't believe you didn't know that. It's it, well, there's totally I mean, there's a moment in the forthcoming series which is um, I think I'm fine to say it's coming on in September, where there's an episode where a 
contestants decide to hammer the other contestant mm. when they could just win the board <laughs> uh, with one answer. Instead, they go, they want to build cash. And they're like, no, no, we're going to finish the board. Oh. Oh, oh that's right. Oh, that's okay, so how, how do we deal with that? What does Dara well, do to them? Also tricky how to do that. I'm like, this is a 22-minute show. How are we going to fit this? In? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> if if they do it, yes. suffice to say, he handled it brilliantly. They come across okay. Yes. And it's a pretty remarkable bit, remarkable bit of blockbusters history. Oh, oh, lovely! So, Look forward uh, to that one. That's a good tease you know, for the next series. Little, little tease. That's um, so. Does the series itself start in September? So the new, the second series starts in September. There's a new run of nine episodes. And then there's um, going to be another episode around the Yuletide period. Oh, uh, okay. One of those, huh? one of those. We've all... Which is an hour long, which is an hour long. And you presumably filmed that, filmed that back in March or something, did you? So No, <laughs> we filmed it January the 12th. <laughs> oh, no! Oh, decorations so were down. The, I think it's the earliest Christmas special yeah. ever yeah, recorded. I know, I did one at Easter this year, which it was just before the Easter. Years. I was like, yeah, gosh, well done. Literally January the 12th. I think the whole series was recorded by January the 15th. <laughs> oh. And we got a discount on trees. Yeah, That's that good, good <laughs> work. That's brilliant. Because usually people know in TV... TV trees are so expensive. Yes, that's it. Because you're going to one of those Christmas all year round shops where they charge fortunes. Well, some some old bloke has to fire retard be as fire hazard retardant cover tree <laughs> thing that costs ridiculous <laughs> amount of money. Five hundred quid. What? So this is the yeah. kind of insider knowledge of television that our listeners crave is the, uh, the difficulties know. of doing fire a, a Christmas special with fire retardant. Um, yeah. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. And I sort of, I suspect, Chris, that we may be um, calling on you again because there's so much in your quizzing uh, history that we need well, to know. Top uh, Ranko is one that's got... Yes. I know! Anthony Wilson and Charlotte Hudson. Oh, my God. Because Top Ranko is pointless. It, well, yeah. it's eight out of ten cats. It's pointless. It was ahead of its oh, yeah. time. It was ahead. Well, listen, I could, can talk, we, I could talk for about an hour well, about Banzai, though. To be fair, and that's not even a quiz. We, shall we? Can we? Can we make a part two of this, Chris? Because we I feel can do that. Let's I've got, do you that. You say we pay. I can tell you what. <gasps> you got what was the alternative? Do you say we pay on Richard and Judy? What <gasps> nearly happened? I can tell you about that. <laughs> right. Oh, this is a tease. You are, but yeah, let's leave it there for now because we're going to look forward to the next series of Blockbusters in September. But but we will. And we must get you back on because Top Ranko, I think, maybe deserves an entire show to itself. So uh, thank you so much for now, Chris Curley. Well, that's another episode of Fingers on Buzzers that we've done right there. And Th- that we- was that. that we've whizzed through it and you listened to it and it yeah. was good. It's a, I mean, I hope everyone's enjoyed it as much as I have, it's talking been- to Aubrey Curley and True. As I'm going to call them, um, Gareth Aubrey, our wonderful University Manchester Challenge. Aubrey, Manchester Aubrey, and then we had uh, Curly. <laughs> trying to remember his which one? Which one? Your three Curly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, the wonderful Chris Curley talking to us about blockbusters he was and his smashing. life quiz. One we need to man. pick his brain some more. We do. Well, he'll be coming back. He will definitely be coming back. David True hopefully will be coming back with another listener quiz. Yes, that we can critique once again. And uh, we'll be moving on from the nineties to the years two thousand for our next history of quiz. Thank you for listening. That was fingers on buzzers. Ta ta. Bye bye bye.
Fingers on Buzzers starred Lucy Porter and Jenny Ryan and was produced by Amanda Redman with music by Kevin McLeod and Justin Edwards. Email quiz at fingersonbuzzers.com and tweet at fingersbuzzers. Thanks for listening and don't forget to join us next time for more Fingers on Buzzers. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.